A Life to Die For, a podcast presented to you by Melanie Limi and Elodie Fuentes. A podcast about life, death, and the idea that becoming friends with death might help us have more meaningful lives. Talking about it won't kill us, but instead might help us live better. And welcome to this episode of the Alive to Die For podcast. My name is Melanie Limi and I'm going to be your host. And before we start with today's topic, I just want to take a moment to say that I'm hoping that you and yours are safe and well, wherever you are and wherever you have decided to listen in from today. And I also want to apologize that there wasn't a podcast for these past two months Elodie and I are very busy at the moment. As I told you before, Elodie has decided to step back from the podcast for a little while. And so it was on me to create episodes. And unfortunately, I got very, very busy earlier this year, both in my work life and in my personal life. And therefore, I haven't been able to interview any guests or record any episodes. However, this is going to change. And... I will make sure to create an episode again on a monthly basis and post it on the first Sunday of every month. And hopefully Elodie will be able to join us again as well in the near future. Today's episode is entitled, as you know, The Five Remembrances. And some of you may be familiar with this practice and for some of you it may be new. The Five Remembrances are also known under the name The Five Inevitables. The five remembrances or the five inevitables are a Buddhist reflective or contemplative practice that was taught by the Buddha more than 2,500 years ago. And that is an invitation for us to contemplate the impermanence and the fragility of life. An invitation for us to come to realize the preciousness of this life. Here are the five remembrances or five inevitables. One. I'm of the nature to grow old. I can't escape aging. Two, I'm of the nature to get sick. I can't escape sickness. Three, I'm of the nature to die. I can't escape death. Four, I will lose everyone and everything that is dear to me in this life. I can't escape impermanence. And five, the only thing I have control over in this life are my own actions. I can't escape the result or the consequences of my own actions. That's very juicy stuff, right? I can tell you when you are sitting in a retreat center in a meditation hall with 50, 60, 70, sometimes even 100 people in total silence for four or five days and the silence is only interrupted by the meditation teacher who comes in from now and again, maybe two, three times a day and throws these sentences or reflective statements at you, it is quite interesting to watch what the heart and the mind are doing in response. It is really very interesting and goes very deep to reflect upon these statements, which is why I want to introduce them here today. And I'm doing this in the hope that you will find more appreciation and love for this life. 
What I want to do now is to look at the five remembrances one by one and to reflect upon them in the way that I have learned to reflect upon them in my more than 20 years as Buddhist practitioner. Let us start with the first statement. I am of the nature to grow old. I can't escape aging. When you think about this statement, what comes to mind is that it is true. From the moment we are born, we are continuously aging. We cannot not age. It is the nature of all sentient beings to be born into this life. And from the moment that we start living our life, we are aging and eventually dying. And when you think about that, I don't know about you, but when I think about that, I definitely feel like, wow, isn't it so amazing that I've been given this life to live, that I'm still here all the while aging and not knowing when my aging process will be complete and when my body will die. And it is really helping me to feel more appreciative of life and of all my life moments. And I'm sure it is the same when you contemplate this. Let's look at the second remembrance. The second remembrance says, I am of the nature to get sick. I can't escape sickness. When you think of all the things that the body is doing on a continual basis without us having to do anything consciously, when you think of all the processes that are going on in the body all the time, isn't it very understandable that sometimes things fail, that sometimes in this whole complexity of our life, something is going wrong? And I don't know about you, but I find that when I think about life that way, I feel that sickness isn't actually such a bad thing. I mean, of course, it is unpleasant to be sick and sometimes it can be serious and sometimes it can be terminal. Sickness doesn't make me happy or anything like that. But when I think about that it is in my nature to get sick, I feel more agreeable to the fact that I won't be well all the time and that sometimes my body will in certain ways fail and that's absolutely okay. And hopefully this will help you to also feel more accepting of your illnesses. Let's look at the third remembrance. The third remembrance says, I'm of the nature to die. I can't escape death. That is something that we all know and we have been discussing it here on the podcast. With now. Invite friends. Get paid money back. Earn 60 euro for each friend you refer. Talk for details. And we, have been bit, and we have been discussing it here on this podcast with various guests and among ourselves that death is an intrinsic part of life, that all life ends with death and that that is part of and maybe the biggest sign of the impermanence of this life. And many of us don't want to contemplate impermanence in this way. And we feel that we don't want to think about our own death. It's almost like we fear that by talking about it or thinking about it too much, we might make it come about more quickly, you know. But 
It is important to contemplate death because it helps us to make more of each and every one of our life moments. The contemplation that you only have this one life to live and you don't know when it is going to end, so make the most of it can be really helpful. And also, I think, for those of us who are in conflict with others at the moment, where we feel we would like to make up, but we haven't found the right time yet or the right words, this third remembrance can be very informative because when you make yourself aware that you don't know how long you are going to have, you know that you should make up rather sooner than later. You should have the courage to step forward and talk to the person you are in conflict with right now because you simply don't know whether you'll get another chance. And this has been especially helpful to me at times in my life when I have felt that I didn't want to make up with another person, when I felt kind of too proud to do it, when I told myself that they should be the ones coming to me first and that I wouldn't make the first step and so on and so forth. You know, all this sort of nonsense that we get involved in, which has a lot to do with pride and with ego, but not with living a life with appreciation and love. And so hopefully this remembrance will be helpful to you as well as you're contemplating it. And then the fourth remembrance, let's look at that, which says that I'm going to lose everyone and everything that is dear to me. I can't escape the nature of impermanence. From a Buddhist perspective, we would say that no matter how many possessions you gather around you in your life, it is all rather pointless because at the time of your death, you will lose it all. And that is something that sounds really a bit like doom and gloom, I know. But when you think about it, it is really true. And this remembrance can not only be used when we contemplate the time of death, but we can also look at our lives and see that we are experiencing impermanence all the time. You know, you buy something, let's say a precious glass vase and you have that vase sitting on your sideboard for a couple of years and you really love it and you spend a lot of time looking at it or maybe at a certain point you end up not looking at it anymore because you're so used to it being there and then your cat jumps up onto the sideboard knocks the vase over it breaks into a thousand pieces and the vase is gone that too is impermanence or let's say you have bought yourself a wonderful bottle of perfume. It is your favorite scent. You absolutely adore it. And after a while, the bottle of perfume will be empty and the perfume will be gone. And so it is with everything we have in our possession. Everything we are proud of, everything we appreciate, everything we think we need around us to have a comfortable life. It will all eventually go dissolve, disappear, get lost. And all of that is impermanence. 
And where people are concerned, we know it, that we will lose everyone we love. And the older you get, the more likely it is you will have experienced more losses. We can't hold on to anyone. You know, when the time has come, everyone we love has their own timing. They will die and we will lose them. And of course, so it is for those who love us. They will experience our death. And for them, we will be the one who was so loved, who was so dear to them, and whose life had to come to an end. So we can't escape the loss of our possessions, and we can't escape the loss of people we love. And I don't know about you, but what that does to me, what, what that does in my heart, is really open me up to treating everything and everyone around me with more care. Let's look at the third remembrance. The third remembrance says, I'm of the nature to die. I can't escape death. That is something that we all know, and we have been discussing it here on the podcast. With now. Invite friends. Get paid money back. Earn 60 euro for each friend you refer. Tap for details. And we, have been bit, and we have been discussing it here on this podcast with various guests and among ourselves that death is an intrinsic part of life, that all life ends with death and that that is part of and maybe the biggest sign of the impermanence of this life. And many of us don't want to contemplate impermanence in this way and we feel that We don't want to think about our own death. It's almost like we fear that by talking about it or thinking about it too much, we might make it come about more quickly, you know. But it is important to contemplate death because it helps us to make more of each and every one of our life moments. Because again, think of the quote by Pema Children. Since it is certain that you are going to die, but since the time of your death, since when death will occur is uncertain, you must live your moments with awareness, with mindfulness, always having in the back of your mind that it might be the last moment that you experience. So in short, I would say it means make the most of your life. And I would hope that this contemplation helps, especially those of you who are feeling down at the moment, who are feeling like, what's the point, you know, first with the pandemic and now with the Ukrainian war and all the suffering that is going on in the world and your own personal challenges. But when you are thinking like that, The contemplation that you only have this one life to live and you don't know when it is going to end. So make the most of it can be really helpful. And also, I think for those of us who are in conflict with others at the moment, where we feel we would like to make up, but we haven't found the right time yet or the right words, this third remembrance can be very informative because When you make yourself aware 
that you don't know how long you are going to have. You know that you should make up rather sooner than later. You should have the courage to step forward and talk to the person you are in conflict with right now because you simply don't know whether you'll get another chance. And this has been especially helpful to me at times in my life when I have felt that I didn't want to make up with another person when I felt kind of too proud to do it, when I told myself that they should be the ones coming to me first and that I wouldn't make the first step and so on and so forth. You know, all this sort of nonsense that we get involved in, which has a lot to do with pride and with ego, but not with living a life with appreciation and love. And so hopefully this remembrance will be helpful to you as well as you're contemplating it. Going back to the example of the vase on the sideboard, if I had a vase on my sideboard, I would look at the vase a lot more because I would know that I have only a limited time to marvel at its beauty because either one day the vase will break or the vase will not break, but I will be gone. So somehow the vase and I will be separated from one another. And because I love the vase so much, I spend a lot of very precious moments with it. You can use the example of the vase to remind yourself that all your possessions are precious. All of them are serving you in your life and you can serve them by treating them well, all the while being aware of the fact that you won't be with this particular possession forever. And the same applies to our relationship with other people. When I am with other people, I try and remember very strongly that I don't know how many more times we can come together and that therefore our meeting right now is the only meeting we have and that we should make the most of it. And again, I find this particularly important when we find ourselves in conflict with another person, when we feel rushed, you know, when we don't think we can take the time to be with the other person now, to remember, hey, I should give it my 100% because I don't know whether I will ever be able to do it again. Now, sometimes my students ask me, doesn't it fill your mind with a lot of sadness and depression to think like that? Are you thinking about impermanence all day long? And my answers to both questions are no. Neither do these thoughts fill me with depression and doom and gloom thoughts, nor do I think about this every time I am in interaction with something or someone. I suppose it doesn't fill me with depressive thoughts because I've experienced over the years how wonderfully full and enriching it is to contemplate the five remembrances and especially the third and the fourth one. The only thing I'm experiencing when I am contemplating the fourth remembrance that I will lose everyone and everything I love is joy. 
joy because I know that this remembrance will help me to have such an intimate relationship with everything and everyone. And I suppose why I don't think about this consciously all day long is because I have been working with the five remembrances for more than 20 years now. The five remembrances are a part of my daily meditation practice. And so I guess rather than having to have a conscious thought process on them, it is second nature for me to behave in ways that reflect the five remembrances, to live my life in a way that reflects the five remembrances. Now, let us look at the fifth remembrance, which says, the only thing I have control over in this life are my own actions. I can't avoid the consequences or the result of my own actions. I think this is a very valuable remembrance to contemplate, particularly in today's world because so many people are behaving as if their actions didn't have any consequences, as if it didn't really matter what they do or don't do. Let's just think of people who are wasting a lot of food, a lot of water, a lot of the earth's resources. Let's think of people who are fighting each other, and the reason is religion or that they want to claim another people's territory. Or think of your personal life and a person with whom you might be in conflict right now. And like I was saying before, imagine the situation where you are stuck with that person in the conflict because neither you nor the other person wants to make the first step to make it all all right again. There are so many different situations where our actions can cause harm and where our actions can cause happiness and joy, where our actions can come from compassion and love and care and understanding. And I always say to my students, don't underestimate the power of even the smallest action. Because sometimes people say, ah, well, whether I smile or whether I look grumpy when I get on the bus, that doesn't really matter because sure, who is looking at me anyway? But my answer to that is it does matter. Because if you get on the bus and you smile and somebody who is sitting on the bus and is feeling rather bad or lonely or desperate, let's say it's a refugee from Ukraine, really not feeling welcome in this new country yet, not feeling at home at all, feeling quite traumatized, your smile can really make that person's day. Whereas if you look grumpy, kind of angry, and your expression on your face is kind of saying, don't talk to me because I want to mind my own business and I want you to mind yours, that has a totally different effect and it might actually make the person feel more timid or not self-confident, not that they belong here. So even a simple action of smiling versus not smiling can make a complete difference in people's lives. And I think we need to be aware of the fact 
that even the smallest of our actions that we don't think is important makes a difference in people's lives. And also in our own lives, of course, you know, the things that you're doing with yourself in terms of self-care, they have an influence on your life and on your physical feelings, on your emotions, your cognitive ability, and also on your spiritual life. If you have a spiritual practice, for example, do you take time to do your practice, to do your meditation, to do your prayer? Or do you rush through the day and then you remember at night in bed that you should have done your spiritual practice or you should have prayed, but you're way too tired to do it now? How do you care for yourself where food is concerned? Do you cook yourself nice meals or do you often skip meals and can't be bothered and eat microwave food because what does it really matter what you eat? Again, those things we have to look at and realize it does matter. It does matter what we eat. It does matter how much we eat. It does matter that we are healthy and well, because when we are healthy and well, we can be a better servant for our world. All our actions, even the tiniest little action, will have a result. I hope that the introduction to the five remembrances has been helpful to you and that you will either integrate the contemplation of the five remembrances into an already existing spiritual practice, or if you're listening to this and you don't have a spiritual practice yet, then I would hope that the five remembrances can be a start of one, where you take five to ten minutes every morning or every evening to sit down and go through the five remembrances contemplating them and experiencing your reaction to them, both in your heart and in your mind. I'm going to repeat them one more time for you now. One, I'm of the nature to grow old. I can't escape aging. Two, I'm of the nature to get sick. I can't escape sickness. Three, I'm of the nature to die. I can't escape death. Four, I will lose everyone and everything that is dear to me in this life. I can't escape impermanence. Five, the only thing I have control over in my life are my own actions. I can't escape the consequences or the result of my own actions. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And as always, if you have any feedback or want to ask something about this or any of our other episodes, you can send an email to Alive to Die for Podcast. That's all one word. Alive to Die for Podcast at gmail.com. Have a wonderful month of May and I look forward to being back with you in June.